Hello and welcome to Your Way, the podcast that will help you figure out who you are, what you want and how to do life, business, relationships, all of it on your terms. If you are fed up of following somebody else's rule book and are ready to throw it out and write your own, keep listening. This is the space to help you really figure out how you want to do this crazy thing called life your way. Join me as I explore these fascinating topics through a variety of guest interviews and solo episodes. It's time to do life on your terms. Buckle up and get ready. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Your Way podcast. Today I have not one, not two, but three guests, panel, if you will, of guests, um, to talk about the topic have we all got the same 24 hours in a day? Now, I had the idea to do a podcast on this this, this topic a while ago, um, but it felt a little bit awkward and a little bit odd for me to try and talk about whether we all have the same 24 hours in a day on my own. So I asked some amazing humans to come on and be part of the conversation. So I have Lauren, Stephanie and Lucy with me today. Hello, ladies. Hello. 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 Um, and there is actually going to be a part two of this podcast as well um, in a couple of weeks. And we're going to have some male representation because I feel it's important that we include everybody. And this podcast tends to be quite female heavy. Um, so welcome, welcome. Um, if I kind of just open the floor and then you guys can just jump in and we'll see where it goes. Because as discussed before we pressed record, I haven't really planned this one as all of them. Um, we see a lot, or I see a lot in the coaching space of which you guys are all familiar with, um, this thing banded about, about the fact that we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And if we want things done, we just need to hustle and we just need to push and we just need to get up a little bit earlier. And that in order to be successful or valuable or worthy human beings, we need to be like doing a certain amount all of the time. Mm. Well, I think it's a crock of shit, basically. So um, you don't need to agree with me. I just thought it would be really good to have a conversation so that people who are maybe in a space where they don't really feel like they have much control over their time or they're feeling guilty about how they're spending their time because they think they should be doing it a certain way, so they can just hear some alternative perspectives because I think sometimes it's really useful to hear how other people approach things and do it in a way that works for them and, you know, lets them live their lives. Mm. So would anyone like to kick off? The first thing that I want to say, just as you were saying that, I was like, I felt it's like anger inside of me as you were yeah. saying it. And that narrative 100% comes from a man. Like 100%. Because the truth is, like, yes, okay, there are the same number of minutes in each day, but women's energy levels are all over the place through the month. So it's like, you can't say that the, like, 24 hours during ovulation is the same as 24 hours during your period. So that's, like, a total side piece. But I just wanted to mention that because it's clearly a very masculine narrative. Like, this idea that you can just, like, every day is the same. 
Yep. And yeah. I love that. And I love that you brought that in, Lucy, actually, because it wasn't something that was necessarily like at the forefront of my mind, but you're totally right. As I come up to my period phase, in which case I will be like, when I want to go into my little cocoon with my heat for at least a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, it's very exciting. It continues even when you're going through perimenopause and all of that. But the topic made me think too, the same as Lucy, like, I don't think I have the same 24 hours in my day to day, you know, I don't, and, and it really does come down to energy. It's the same thing. Mm. It's like, we have the same 24 hours, but I don't have the same energy from day to day. And I, and once I started taking that into account, it got a lot, it started feeling a lot better. Mm. I love that. And Lauren, if we just stay with that for a second, what do you do about that? So how do you manage your day depending on your energy? I mean, it's tricky because sometimes you know, you wake up thinking I have all these things I want to get done and then it's just not going to work out. And so it's really looking at what's, what's really essential to get done today and what can be done later, which is such a different thing for me because for years, I just, I didn't realize at the time, but I just operated out of fight or flight. Just Mm. if there was a spot on the calendar, that was a spot of time. And I put something in there and I followed my calendar. And yeah. I thought that was great until I realized that it didn't feel good. It was mm. get, It felt good to part of my brain that was like Ooh, productive, efficient. But then really it was like, is that all there is to life is just being productive to, to what end? Yeah, I love that. And I remember when I first started as a coach and I can't remember if I started as a coach or I was still signed off for it with stress or it was in that like messy overlap stage where it was a bit of the two. <laughs> but I remember going to see someone and she said to me about... Um, how important white space was in your calendar Mm. and I was very much in the like resting is bad not working is bad not being productive is bad and I remember her saying but the white space is the most productive part of your day because that's the bit where your brain like processes and works through everything and allows you to do everything else and I held on to that for such a long time Mm. until I was able to let go of in order to be productive and valuable I need to be doing so the, the narrative then became resting is very productive. <laughs> yeah. Resting is what lets my brain process rather than I can just rest and be and do just for the sake of resting and being and doing because I don't have to be a machine that's on all the time. Mm. Yeah. So Louise, I, what occurs to me as you were saying that, and like Lucy, I sort of had a visceral response, mm. right? To the question, um, do we all have the same 24 hours in a day? And, and I think the, and I guess that's why we're having this podcast, the question, the intent of the question is kind of to shame you for not doing mm, all yeah. of the things. If you don't have what you want out of your life, you know, you can get up at 4am. You can do this. You can stay up later. Um, and so many times it is about giving up that white space. It is about giving up rest. And ultimately, I think we all know that works against you. That doesn't actually work for you. Mm. Yeah. But it is very much the cultural narrative in which we live. Mm. Yeah. And the answer to this next question might actually be periods where you are doing and working really hard. Because I'm So I'm not trying to like lead this down a certain way. If you think about points in time in your life where you achieved really great things or you had the biggest breakthroughs or the biggest experiences of personal growth, how were you spending your time at that time? Usually so it, walking outside. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm. A lot of journaling. I'm sorry, Lizzie. No, no, not at all. I find it's an interesting question because I feel like I'm in this space at the moment of like my like conditioned mind is like you have to figure stuff out and you have to like do more work and try and do things to figure things out. It's like this really like go, 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 be productive, be productive. But in truth, when I sit with myself, I'm like, okay, where did where did I suddenly have the insight to quit my job on a retreat? When have mm-hmm. I like made a decision to move abroad when I was meditating a lot? Like when did I make the decision to set up my business when I was like completely spacious on my own? Like it comes from the blank space. It always comes from the blank space, but we're so conditioned, like partly because I think our society isn't hugely connected to like a deeper sense of truth and spirituality or whatever you want to call it so we have this sense of like the way to get things done is through activity and through like mental doing of stuff rather than like actually insight comes from space but if you look at like it's it's, I've been thinking about this a lot recently because of the idea of like creativity coming from blank space if you look at like most of the like great works of art like equations in science like all of those pieces most of them come from basically someone going off either taking psychedelics or sitting in meditation like some of the like the fundamental equations that rule well rule science as we know it came from blank space so it's like why are we in this society where we're like if I think about it more and if I keep like working and thinking and thinking and thinking then the answer will come when that clearly isn't the reality for some of the like greatest things that have come out of humanity because they don't want what comes from us when we get into the (laughs) right they want to keep us busy and thinking (laughs) (laughs) stephanie go on have your space no i i relate to that entirely and i was thinking just as lucy was talking about a writing project that i've been doing over the course of the last several weeks and it has required active writing and, and, you know, working that through and it, and it has required that space away. You know, we all have light bulb moments in the shower and walking and doing those types of things where we're not engaged with the thing, the task, but our mind is in that default mode or whatever. And it's, it's working the problem through for us. And it's, it's been so interesting to me to see that, you know, that's something I remember from graduate school days is that if I were studying, I would take a nap in the middle of studying and let those things just sort of gel in my mind and then return to it later and make more progress than if I had continued hammering it out and trying to to push forward. Yeah, and that's one of the really, really hard things, isn't it? So I imagine you've all had this sometimes when you speak to clients or colleagues or whatever, when someone's so, so busy and they're like, and my dog walk's gone and my this is gone and that's gone out the window because I need to just be working all the day. And it's like, if you could just give yourself these little micro breaks, it doesn't need to be a two hour nap in the afternoon. But if you can give yourself a bit of a space, then actually what you'll be able to achieve on the other side of that is so much more. Mm. Yeah. So I have a one one quote I would like to share if you don't mind. So I've fallen in love with Donna Ashworth's poetry and I wrote this down and put it above my desk in the office. And she says at the end of a poem called Do Less, when you want to achieve more, sit down, do less. 
And that breaks my brain. It goes against everything that, you know, is sort of a part of me to think when that to-do list has 25 items on it that are not getting done and all, you know, need to be done during this day. What I actually need to do is slow down, take a breath. As Lauren said, prioritize, do less. And then I'm going to get ultimately what really needs to be done, done. Yeah. And there's a real... I can't, one of you will be able to help me with the, how I want to describe this thing. Buzzword is not the thing, but you can help me out. The whole like slow down to speed up. Mm. But it's so true. Slow is fast. Slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Is that what you're? No, I'm no, no. Slow down to speed up is the phrase, but I just can't think how you describe, I just can't think how you describe the phrase. Oh, like an oxymoron? Yeah, something like that. Yes, thank you. Um, But it is so fascinating. So there's two things that you guys have made me think about sharing. So you will all know that I have been on a great number of retreats in the last couple of years. And the ones that were all down at the same retreat centre were run by a lady called Danielle North. And she runs, her company is called Pause. Mm. And the whole point of Pause is that that's where the magic happens she also has a burnout story so she's got a book called pause which is like pause before life does it for you hashtag been there um but it is just really really fascinating and then the other thing and I wish I got it down here but it's upstairs so but I have got into a little practice in the morning at the moment of I sit on my meditation cushion and I burn some sage and I do my sound bowl because the house keeps attacking us and I'm like gotta clear my energy (laughs) and then I pull in a card and the oracle deck that I've got upstairs at the moment the one this morning was called receive or receiving something like that and it was all about this need to allow more rest and slowing down and nourishment and in it was a story Mm -hmm. which I'm gonna get a bit I'm going to mess it up a bit, but we'll go with it. About Monet was lying in his garden and his neighbour peered over the fence and said, why are you resting? And he kind of shuffled in his little thing and was like, I'm not resting, I'm working. And then you sort of lay back down again. And then the next day, the neighbour peered over the fence and he's there painting this great big canvas and he's like, oh, I see you're working today. And he's like, I'm not working, I'm resting. And that was just really interesting for me. I'm not sure I've quite got my head around it yet. But in terms of like, sometimes rest can be productive and sometimes rest can just be being still. Mm. And actually sometimes when we're resting, we're doing our greatest work. Because mm. it could be that in that rest period, everything that he needed for the canvas was being born Mm. I don't then fully understand how the patent bit was rest but look that's okay it's just beyond me I'm not there yet I also feel like there's a piece around like linked to that of like sometimes work can be rest Mm. like for me there's a very different energy between like when I'm like pushing myself when I like got a list of things I'm like right I need to write like 10 posts and write an email and da, 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 like all of those things versus like having been in this like quite a spacious period of time then going suddenly like a inspiration dropping into me and then writing something and sending it 
like mm. that the writing of that type of thing feels like rest to me because it's not like a oh I'm like squeezing this out of my brain and trying to like figure out that, that it's just like this thing comes and it goes and I send it out and that doesn't feel like even though technically it's work like technically the output is the same it yeah. energetically feels very different yeah I know what you mean mm. and and the and I suppose the way and what we're doing as well I'm recording video trainings at the moment for my new program and it's amazing just how easily they're kind of just flowing out and happening and it doesn't feel like work but also the program isn't starting for what day is it like four weeks or something um so there's also I'm not up against this pressure deadline it's just when I feel ready I don't look too rough. <laughs> Let's get on the camera and do the next video. And mm. but what I'm not doing is I need to record all of these videos in one day and I'm going to sit down at 6 a.m. and I'm going to sit down till it's done because that doesn't work with how I manage my time. Mm. And so what I would love to know from you is how do you structure your days in a way that works for you when you get the option? we might not always get the option but given the chance what does your ideal day look like broadly of things you're happy to share on the podcast lots of white space <laughs> yeah lots of white space and like I used to have lists of the little chores and things that I wanted to do and now I don't I just do them when it feels fun and I know that sounds weird, but sometimes it really does feel fun to just like mop the kitchen. And I'm just like, all right, I'm going to do it. It's going to be so great. Mm -hmm. And now that I don't have to do anything, it's like, oh, that sounds fun to go file all those. So there's not this pile of paper and I know where everything is like, shockingly, it, it, some things are like, oh, I think I'll, I think I'll go do that. So it's like giving myself permission to do nothing. I've gotten, I've done more because I don't have to. I don't know who I was like pushing against before, but <laughs> I didn't like the pressure of feeling like. Cause it's like, I put them on my list. Why am I, why am I going to be mad or, or sad or happy or whatever? If I do them, it's like, I don't need a list. If it's things I really want to do, they're going to get done. Mm. I, and I mean, I put, I put meetings and appointments on my, on my calendar and I follow that, but lots of white space has helped me mm. I love that. Mm. more when I think I I need when I have less when I have less time I feel like I have less time I'm like nope I have to have more white space because that is not the right feeling that I want yeah mm. and how do you how do you navigate it with clients like are you very clear about the times of day that you see them or just the number of sessions that you have in a day or are you quite flexible but you just know over the course of a week you need a load of white space um, no, I know which days I'm working and which, what times I, I can see clients. And so I used to just look at my calendar and any white space I would fill. And then I was like, why am I working part-time, but seven days a week? This doesn't make a lot of sense for how I want to live my life. And I mean, that was holdover from working full-time and doing, you know, starting a private practice on the side. But now that I'm just in private practice, it's like, wait, I don't have to work seven days a week. I can decide how many days I want to work. I can decide what times I want to work in the summer. My pool time goes first and then everything gets put around that. And so, and, I, and I'm happy to do it in the summer. I am like 6am to midnight. I'm like, yay. I have all the energy in the world. And so I'm happy to do that. But in the winter, I'm like, oh, I need to hibernate many of the hours. And so here's mm. my, here's what I'm available for for working and so I really like that 
I've allowed myself to have that. And even when I thought it would be a problem, like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't work seven days a week anymore. It's just like, not a problem. People are like, oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I love that. Yeah. I found like it, when I first started, I, I was taking clients like every day of the week, pretty much, well, not on weekends, but Monday to Friday. And then I found that I was like, I actually find so much spaciousness in knowing that on Thursdays and Fridays, I don't have any clients. Like I don't take any Zoom calls unless maybe it's something that I really want to do. Like if someone asked me to do a podcast or whatever, but generally I like, I have no calls on Thursdays and Fridays and I also have no calls on Monday mornings. So I'm like, Monday morning is like sacred, try and set myself up for the week. Cause I often find after the weekend, I'm like, who am I? Where am I? What is the purpose of life? So I need like a few hours to figure out what I'm doing um, and then have a period of like more intense call space um and then have those days which is just like I don't I know that if I want to go away if I want to work from somewhere else and I'm worried about wi-fi or whatever I can go and not have to be on calls for Thursday Friday and that has felt really like it's not a weekend but it's almost like an exhale after Wednesday because I know that I don't have to be in the energy of like showing up for client sessions um which I really like and that's made quite a big difference to me, I think. And the other thing that made a huge difference, <clears throat> I used to be, I used to just send clients like a Calendly link and they could just put things in. And I had, obviously there were slots that people could put in, but I found so much safety in blocking people in consistent slots and just being like, that's done. I know where they're, when those are. Um, yeah, those are the things that have made the biggest difference to me, I think. Yeah, so some of that is how you manage your schedule and then some of it is how you do things more efficiently as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. What comes to mind is like, I don't let people put things on my plate or on my schedule. I get yeah. to do that. Yeah. I love that. I'm about to, in some way, like hand over a little bit of control of my calendar to my support team. And if you went into the like shared calendar on every single day, it's like available hours and there's like an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon and everything else is like, do not play. <laughs> mm. Friday, nothing. Monday, nothing. <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you can have an hour here or an hour here. Mm. And that's, that's just how it is. Mm. So I'm managing working full time as well mm. as being a coach and having that, um, business operating as well. So a lot of when I think about how I manage my time, it's it's mostly about my day job and how I set myself up for success there. Yeah. Um, and it is very much for me, like Lauren said, my calendar is mine. You know, there might be some efficiencies by asking my assistant to schedule my appointments, but I can't give that up. That, that to me really dictates what my life looks like. So I'm going to choose my flight times myself. I'm going to schedule my appointments based on kind of batching them and putting them together. You know, if I can have lots of appointments on Tuesday and then that white space for some focused work on Wednesday and Thursday, you know, that's ideal. And that varies from week to week, but it gives me safety to know that generally speaking, if I'm going to have a call scheduled, just sort of an out of the blue call, it's going to be at 10 or two. And then that's sort of just in my mind that I'm available for times at those hours. So that structure helps. The other thing for me is letting my mornings be mine. 
Um, so not starting, you know, cause it's really tempting. You wake up and you've got a list of things you kind of want to do in your mind to jump right into those. But I push back on that and make sure that I have time for myself in the morning to do yoga or to walk or to spend time journaling or whatever that looks like, drink my coffee and just enjoy. And that sets the tone at a slower pace for the rest of my day. And so that time is really important to me. And I notice when, for whatever reason, I can't allow for that in my schedule. Yeah. And I'd love to just stay with you a minute, Stephanie, because I think this is a really, really good example of, so Lucy and Lauren, you've got quite a lot of flexibility in your lives. Yes. Like it's not like, Oh, you're so lucky to have flexibility. You've intentionally done it. Right. But, but, but that gives you a certain amount of time. And then for you, Stephanie, you've got a full-time job, which is a full-time job. And then you've got the time around that to do other things in, Mm -hmm. right? And so, yes, we've all got 24 hours, but are they the same 24 hours? You know, and then on part two of this podcast, there are going to be a couple of people on there that have got really young kids. You're not going to tell me convincingly, and I know this because I was at a 50th birthday party recently and there were three children under three there and parents do not guess. <laughs> You're mm. not going to tell me that a mum with an 18-month-old and a three-year-old that wake up at 5am and if they're lucky go to sleep by about midnight and then are tearing around all day, that they've got the same 24 hours in a day that I've got child-free with a slightly anxious dog. I, it's just it's just not it's just not right so mm. it's about how do all the how do people navigate and maximize the time they actually have without being guilted or shamed into well you could just sleep for three minutes and then get up at four <laughs> minutes past midnight after you've just got to sleep um because I've listened to podcasts podcasts that definitely two of you are aware of where the host has said you know, when you start your coaching business, you just have to work 18 hour days and that's what you do. And I did it and I was fine. Oh, but I've had to take six weeks off this year because I've been so sick. But I mean, there's no link. Mm. <laughs> just... um, it's, yeah, it's something it's interesting you sharing that because I'm remembering like now I have a huge amount of flexibility. And I was thinking back to when I was in banking and I had I used to start work at 7am. So it meant leaving home by like quarter past six in the morning. And for a long period of time, I was like, I just can't do anything in the morning because I leave too early. So it's like, I can't, unless I go to bed super early, like, there's no point. And then on the question of like, okay, you could just sleep less. There was a period of time for probably the last two years that I was working in banking that I did actually choose to sleep less. And in that period of my life it was hugely beneficial and the reason it was beneficial was that that in the mornings it wasn't like I got up and started doing tons of work it was like I got up and I gave myself half an hour to do a practice so like to do some yoga or to do something and as much as you could say okay it's it's not rest it actually supported me through the rest of my day um so I think sometimes there are nuances so like I'm not here saying that people should wake up at 5am or 4am whatever it might be but I do think sometimes there is a benefit to recognizing like that actually that half hour in the morning if it's worked with well um can have quite a significant impact on your capacity to 
like work more efficiently through the day so that you then have more spaciousness. Yeah, I completely agree. And and similarly, when I worked in law, so my alarm would be set for six, but there was so much stress in my body. I mean, honestly, mm. it was a bloody miracle if I managed to sleep until six, but I would normally be up between sort of five and half five and I would be often beyond the 608 I think the 608 was the first tube from where I lived mm. and that got me into town but I lived quite far away and that got me into town for about seven into the gym for about quarter past seven and I would do an hour in the gym then get ready for work and go to work from there and you're right Lucy in many ways that's what I, I needed that to set me up for the day mm. like the lack of sleep and the energy it took and the fact that I wasn't feeding myself properly all didn't really add into the mix too well of the whole burnout story. Mm. But I, I think it did do me good mm. in the mix. So, Stephanie, if we go back to you a second. Mm -hmm. How do you find navigating and balancing your time and doing the things because there'll be a lot of people out there who are you know they've kind of got a job and then they've also got other interests and other stuff that they're trying to fit fit around so I'm just I'm just curious for you yeah so I mean I would say it's not it's not perfect big surprise um you know it it is a continual challenge and it's a continual tweaking and adjusting based on where I am and where my energy is at the time um, you know, and, and I'm mindful of if I allow my energy, if I don't take breaks during the workday, if I just work straight through, if I work through lunch, you know, I'm completely depleted at the end of the workday. And it's not just that that doesn't allow me to have time for my coaching business. I actually don't then have time really to connect in any kind of meaningful way with my husband. I stay in fight and flight all day. I come home you know, it's freeze for the rest of the evening. I'm simply recovering to get up and press it hard again. So for me, it has been a continual trying to adjust it. And, and last year, you know, it really didn't work. You know, I really found myself in a place of burnout. And, and some of that had to do with, with perimenopause that Lauren has mentioned already. And but you have to be cognizant of those factors and you have to just continue to tweak it and, and to be aware of what's happening in you and know that just that push, push, push mentality that is espoused you certainly in corporate America, also in the coaching world, you know, just isn't going to work. Maybe you're able to do it for a season and maybe that's what you choose to do. And it's so great. But for a lot of us, that's just not going to work because I was listening to the same podcast you referred to earlier and you know, just found myself um, horrified because I couldn't do that. You know, I couldn't do what she was talking about. So what then was wrong with me? So really finding a way to do my own tweaking and adjusting. That's the that's the last podcast episode I listened to of that podcast. I, was I like, suspect I'm it is I'm for I'm me out. too. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm um, one thing that I would love to come back to, actually, I just want to say one thing first on what you just said, Stephanie, because I've been talking, as I've been doing these videos for this program, I've been talking about this a little bit. And I think this was one of the things for me that meant that I had to do it differently. I started my journey as a coach. I was going to say on the back of burnout, but 
but realistically in the midst of burnout so mm. when I listened to all the stuff out there about what it what, what you needed to do and how you needed to work and how many clients you had to see a week and all of these different things there just wasn't a part of me that was like yeah okay I'm going to give this a go because I would see a client a client and I would have to lie on the floor afterwards and recover because it took so much out of me because also when you're brand new as a coach you you know it does take a lot more out of you and then I would see another client and then I would lie on the floor and you know and I needed recovery and I needed downtime and I spent ages and it was so nourishing we had this leather bean bag that we would put that I would put in the garden, like a bean bag seat, and I would sit on this bean bag, wrap myself in a blanket because it was like March April time, so it's not that warm over here then. Wrap myself in a blanket. I joined this coaching program, and I would put my earphones in, and I would listen to the stuff on this coaching program just for hours and absorb it all, but just with my feet on the grass, wrapped in a blanket, and that was where I was at. That was what I was, that was what was available to me. There wasn't going to be like all of these things, push, 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 push. And I think because I built it from that place, I just deeply don't believe, you know, people like, oh, you have to hustle until you make six figures and you have to do this and you have to do that. And I'm like, oh, you don't, if you don't have to, why not not? Why not not? And obviously, if you've got the energy and you've got the availability and you've got the time and that's what you want to do, then crack on. But not from a place of the only way I can achieve this thing that I want to achieve is to kill myself in the process. Mm. So I would love to spend just a little bit of time before we finish off talking about, I want to pick up on something that you said, Lucy, and something that you said, Lauren, as a wider conversation. So Lucy, you said at the start about for a woman, we don't have the same energy each day because our energy is cyclical because our hormones are cyclical. Mm. Okay. Lauren, you talked about, well, in the summer, I can kind of go the whole time because I've got loads of energy, but in the winter I'm hibernating. And Lauren and Stephanie, you both talked about actually the impact of energy or the impact of perimenopause on your energy levels. Okay. Mm. And I think there is so much value in matching our time and how we spend our time to our energy to our cycles to the seasons and I would just love to to have a little discussion on this because I don't think this gets discussed enough and I'm not sure if it's one of you many people have recommended a book to me called Wintering has anyone read a book called, there's a book called Wintering, and I'm like, I get the gist of it, it's like hibernate winter, good, but I haven't read it, but I think it's fantastic, but just this thing of like, how do we live our lives and use our time in line with the seasons, not in mm. line with societies, it's January, it's New Year's resolutions, you better push, what's your goals, oh, you haven't got goals, oh, you're going to fail, blah, 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 it's the end of the month, so we're recording this at the end of the month, you know, Blah, 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 right? All of those different things. Anyway, to the panel, what do you think? <laughs> I have found, I, I can talk about like the female cycle, first of all, and I have found like huge liberation personally in recognizing that my energy levels are not stable. 
like and I used to really berate myself like in my luteal phase so in like particularly like the five days before my period where I'd be I'd just be like I need to keep pushing and I'd start going and doing HIIT workouts and like trying to get my energy up to be able to keep going and I found so much peace in just accepting that that is the period where I'm not going to have very much energy and like there are other periods in the month where I feel like I can do a lot more and a lot more is available to me but over that period of time to recognize like sure I have 24 hours but I'm not going to be as productive in certain ways um but it's actually a really beautiful time to do some other things that I can do over that period and even just recognizing that has had a huge impact on me I find one thing that's very interesting which is a slight tangent on the seasonal thing because I live in the southern hemisphere my seasons are opposites so it's quite confusing to me now because I'm currently in summer so I my energy is like oh we're in the summer period so this is what we should be doing which is clashing with Europe the U.S this time of year it's okay what is really interesting is when the northern hemisphere goes into summer and everyone's energy is up and there's an expectation in a way of like people having more energy and doing more and being out I'm in hibernation Mm. (laughs) so that's this piece around like global businesses of like how you manage that when actually your body is in hibernation effectively when the people you're working with are in the opposite yeah yeah I was thinking that the other day, actually, because in March, the program that I'm going to do in your way is called Spring. And I was like, kind of, kind of denied. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's made me think about it a lot since I've lived in the Southern Hemisphere, because so much of social media is obviously it's primarily US centric, like a lot of the stuff that comes out is from the US. And it, it does feel like you're slightly ignored being on the opposite end because like all of the seasonal stuff doesn't make any sense. So it's like, wait a second, when all of the, even like the, you know, all of the winter solstice and stuff, it's like, we're in the, we're in the summer solstice right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks, Lucy. Anyone else want to dive in on that? Well, I'll say something a little bit about the difference between like, what I see as men's energy and women's energy and men are more like the sun. It's a little bit constant. It's like maybe less some, you know, in the whatever wintering months are than the summer, but the, but women we're like the moon and, and, you know, the moon marks the months and it, it does keep time with our cycle. If we didn't have so much pollution, like air light pollution, we would be on with that. But so it's just interesting. I'm just like, Uh, you know, the moon shows up when she wants to. Sometimes it's in the day, sometimes it's in the night. And sometimes she's just a little sliver and sometimes she's like awful. And I'm just like that, you know what? I'm the moon and that's just how, that's just fine. Oh, I really like that. I might, I might blow Mm. that myself. (laughs) So it's sort of related. So I grew up in South Florida, the Southeast US, and then came to college and have since lived in Georgia, Texas, you know, just simply a little bit further north. And it's, it was amazing to me because growing up in South Florida, we had maybe 300 days of sun a year. Even if there was rain, there was also sun. And then just this little bit further north, you know, we have these months of rain and cold. Um, 
that other people in the country are used to, but I was not. And it was a real shock to my system to, to experience that and to realize just how bad I felt not having that exposure to the sun. And now I have lived here, meaning outside of Florida for 23 years. And, and it's, Still, I mean, it's just a factor. I'm just aware of the fact that really January through about April, it's just going to be slower. And like the others have talked about, there's a lot of freedom in just being willing to accept that. And maybe it's just accepting it about yourself, you know, for me, um, because I would say the, the environment that I'm in doesn't really allow for a lot of that ebb and flow. And certainly, we have a lot of busy things that are happening over the winter months. Um, but knowing that about myself and giving myself that grace and then being able also to just simply see that reality in other people, whether they're cognizant of it or not, and perhaps being a little bit more gentle and aware, um, you know, of how we're all impacted by, by our environments. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's really, uh, I, I don't know why this just dropped in for me as we were talking and like, obviously the subject of this podcast is all about time but time in truth isn't the kind of I mean you can go into like the illusionary nature of time but in truth it's like well how much energy you have really because time expands and contracts so it's like sometimes an hour you can get like what on another day you get done in like half an hour you get done in four hours or whatever you know it's not consistent so actually looking at it as like okay we have 24 hours cool but sometimes like sitting in a waiting room waiting for a doctor's appointment when they're running late 15 minutes feels like 10 hours versus like being on a first date with someone and falling in love in 15 minutes but you know it it's not it's not a consistent unit mm-hmm. so it's actually not helpful to look at it as like okay we're looking hour by hour it's like how does the time feel and that's so linked to your energy um yeah I love that. Thank you, Lucy. You won't be surprised to know that one of the modules is all about have I got the energy for this? <laughs> because it's so, so important. Even if you've got a whole empty, clear, blank, blank slate day ahead of you, if you don't feel good, you haven't got really the same time, energy, whatever, as someone else who is is at 100%. So as we wrap up, has anyone got anything that they're like, I wanted to talk about this on the podcast and she didn't ask <laughs> that they would like to share as we come to the end? I will say one area in which I continue to struggle, and I think we did allude to this a little bit before, is around this idea of resting taking time apart as a means to be more productive as opposed to, you know, rest being an end and and of itself. Um, And what, what I'm thinking about that now is that it's part of maybe just sort of a developmental journey. You know, we may not be able to give ourselves permission to rest unless it's going to make us more productive at first. And it may only be after we've really experienced that that we can wrap our minds around rest as a good in and of itself. Um, But that's where 
that's where I'm living right now is, is in that tension of really trying to justify it. And then also feeling this pull to wait, it's maybe, maybe it's just good for what it is. Yeah. I love that, Stephanie. I think when I, because I am amazing now at the naps and the lying down from a place of like, this is going to re-energize me. I will know you will, I'm sure you'll hear about it all over social media. The day when I curl myself up in a chair in an afternoon and read a fiction book that's got nothing to do with anything to do with personal development and I just curl up in a chair so I'm not walking and listening. I'm just curled up in a chair with my fiction book. Then I'd be like, oh, now I've properly learned how to rest. Right. It's so funny you say that because I was thinking that I was looking at something on Instagram this morning. It was a coach that was talking about like how he optimizes his day or something. And I, I sometimes wonder with the coaching industry, I'm like, have we got into a space now where basically there's still this toxic productivity thing, but we're like jazzing it up in like a biohacking and like, look at how I manage my energy. And I do. I'm like, this is the same thing you're still like trying to prove that you're somehow good enough and that you're like living your life well enough and you're getting enough done in the day and it's the same like it can come from a beautiful place and it can also come from a desire to prove that you're somehow good enough and I think a lot of the coaching industry has got swept into that slightly this like optimizing optimize your life you must wake up at 4am and do 15 million practices before you do anything (laughs) versus like, I'm good. We're all good. Whether we wake up at 4am or whether we wake up at midday, it's fine. Yeah. And can I let myself lean into what feels good today and just do that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Any more for any more? Nope. Okay. So what I'm going to ask you ladies to do is to share with me for us to put in the show notes, all of your links so that if people want to come and find you, they want to work with you, they want to know more and all of the rest of it, they can head to the show notes and do that. Um, but has anyone got anything in particular that they're doing at the moment or that they would like to share like live other than in the show notes, please I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting a shake. Anyone got anything that they would like to share in that way? Okay, I'm going to take that as a note. So head to the show notes to find out more about these lovely ladies. Um, keep an eye out in a couple of weeks for part two. Um, and I will see you soon. All right, take care, ladies. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom and your insights. And allowing this to be a less awkward than me have been like, and you could do this, so you could do this kind of podcast. So thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Louise. Thank you. All right. Thank you.